0: Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You could find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, Longhorn Republic Pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's celebrating June 27th as hard as he has, ever has, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Uh,
1: man, it's, it's a good cut for all of us here in, in Houston. Um, but this is, I mean, we're just ultimately celebrating texas right and 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 the state of texas the university of texas uh them dj screwing everyone else on the recruiting trail uh there i, fa- <laughs> I try to find a way to, to, to roll that together uh the, yeah i mean the the, the big mo uh, momentum is certainly with texas uh right now uh, i will stop with houston rap related puns i promise um but yeah i mean look it, it's a great day it's a great day in houston great day in the state of texas but a great weekend gerald We have, for the offseason being firmly set in with no Texas sports for two months, uh, we certainly had had much to to tweet and uh, furiously text about.
0: It feels really fitting that, June twenty seventh. If you're not a, a hip hop head, there's a thirty five minute chopped and screwed freestyle that DJ Screw released. Um, this time it was probably twenty five. I was just
1: thinking that I don't even know what year, but it's <laughs> it a long like a, time it was like ago. A
0: quarter century ago at this point. But that's what we're talking about. But it seems like the the right feel, the right vibe for what's happening on campus right now. So if you've been living under a rock or you're uh, not. In tune with what's going on, one how are you listening to this podcast, <laughs> but we're going to talk a lot of recruiting. Texas grabbed one Archibald Manning out of the uh, recruiting class, and that kind of led to an avalanche of commitments. And honestly, at 8:02 p.m. Monday evening, Jeff Banks, recruiting coordinator, tight ends coach, uh, monkey stepdad, is tweeting that there's probably going to be another one tonight, so we may just miss it, or it may come while we're still recording, but. We'll talk about some recruiting. We've got some down the forty. The baseball team is gonna look a lot different next year, so we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll clo- of course we'll close the show out with some bang the drum. So I don't know where you were the moment the world changed, Kyle. I was sitting at my desk. I was working on a report that I that I needed to get done for work, and I got a, a text from from Daniel Seahorn, friend of the show, recruiting guy at B at B O N, uh, that. Arch Manning had been "fonged," if you don't know it. Fong is, it's a verb, uh, Steve Wilt Fong, director of recruiting at 247 Sports, um, had put in a prediction to Arch, for Arch Manning to Texas and so it was kind of all hands on deck. We, He and I and Cody Daniel are the recruiting guys for the site so we kind of we were prepped for this but we were like rip ready to go. Wilt Fong doesn't normally put in predictions until it's like for sure and it's about to happen and within 10 minutes Arch Manning broke the freaking internet. His first and only tweet of his relatively new Twitter account committed to the University of Texas hashtag hook him and like a simple photoshop of him wearing a texas uh shirt and throwing a football and that began potentially the wildest 72 hours in texas recruiting history but we'll start kyle with just with just arch manning and there's a lot of context to it but like have you ever seen anything like this? You've been following recruiting almost as long as I have. Like, have you seen anything like this in the recruiting world?
1: Uh, like, uh, the, there's there's eras, right? The the two four seven era does include Vince Young, but he was pre social media. Um, I've heard some old heads talk about some guys from way back when, but again, it's just it's just different. So like, for the virality, for the in a world that has you know forty different Cable news channels catered to whatever interests, sports, whatever. It felt like the world for one moment singularly stopped and focused in on one story. Um, And for that to be a high school junior about to play his senior season, deciding where he's going to play his college sports, like, is a pretty big deal I, I was trying to think like maybe zion but like it, it kind of was always duke um you know for, for for him uh bryce harper in some way as an amateur like to go out of football was pretty you know pretty just you know Lauded and followed as an amateur. If LeBron would have decided to go to college, it probably would have been some kind of frenzy, uh, like what we saw in football. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence was a big recruit, but I, I don't think it was it was this big when it hit because he was a big player in his own right. This is it's the generations, it's the legacy that that creates this, right? It's the um, it's the fact that the number one player in the country in that class also happens to have the last name Manning of two of the greatest quarterbacks you know of modern era I mean I think Eli is the the Brady's bane um and and Peyton you know gets to be (laughs) in the conversation for you know top five quarterbacks of all time um and they're both you know hall of famers right and then uh, this kid plays the same position has some of the same kind of trademark Manning face uh that really reminds you of of those guys and so no I, I like just having two brothers and a grandfather, right? Let's not discount Archie, you know, himself being being an OG, doing all the things he did for Ole Miss, going to the Saints, like creating this dynasty. So so no, no, I don't think there's ever been anything like it because there's not another football family really like the Mannings, again, especially at the marquee position, right? You've had the, the Matthews who turned out linemen uh, and things like that, I guess. But th- there is no family like the Manning family. And then to have this prodigal... Uh, next generation recruit uh, no I, I i don't think this has ever been seen
0: i didn't know forbes had a recruiting writer. <laughs> i i didn't know that forbes had a recruiting writer like that to me like it was not just a sports story it was a news story fox news put out a story about it like it was just one of the the craziest things in the world like i i don't know if i've seen like outside of like when the NBA stopped for COVID or like malice at the palace, like I've never seen a, a news story that seemingly or a sports story that seemingly became a news story. And, and, you know, there, there's the football side of it, obviously, but there's also, like, just the attention and, and the momentum and the things that come along with this. Like, there's no, and we'll talk about it in just a second, but the, the arch madness is very clearly a real thing based upon the fact that Texas has, um, what is that, seven, uh, six kids committed, and it seems like Texas is about to flip another one from uh, Oklahoma State slash South Oak Cliff, potentially, in the pipeline things are trending that way, again, 8.07 p.m. on Monday, but, you know, the like the the tweet became one of the most liked and retweeted sports tweets of all time really quickly. It had 25,000 tweets within like six or seven hours of it. And again, that just shows the power and the name and the branding of Texas. And, you know, you have national pundits asking really dumb questions about it. Well, is Arch Manning going to – who's going to be the quarterback in 2023? Is he going to push Quinn Ewers out? I'm like, no. Like you clearly <laughs> – like, that to me is the, the, the annoying thing about the national coverage is like – I, I just wish like Roach or one of the Inside Texas guys or one of the Orange Bloods guys would go on like one of these national ESPN podcasts and just drag all over these guys that, that don't, that have their fingers so far away from the pulse they're going to ask you for a chocolate covered pretzel. Like that to me is, that's a Mallrats reference by the way. Like that is the, the, the thing about this recruiting is that The local guys have crushed it so well and and, uh, it makes sense if you've had your finger anywhere close to the pulse for the last year
1: yeah well and and some of those same national guys who the day before it broke said nothing's going to happen this week you know and I I have inside information that said you know like no right no what we we said it mike even said it like no one this is not a regular recruiting nil mattered but it didn't um that that's not what sold arch this is not anything remotely close again because of the manning factor because it is the you know the regal name of, of quarterbacks it is uh you know there, there probably won't be another one like this right there have been great nfl players kids and and big recruiting around them sure but there just probably won't ever be something exactly like this. Um, and it makes sense. That huge brand like you talked about with the biggest brand in, in college sports, one of the biggest brands in sports in general, like when Forbes and these other companies look at that, that's that's the University of Texas. But, but sorry, to get back to the point. Yeah, I, I think Roach was one of the closest. He came on this show and talked about it multiple times with his finger on the pulse just because he put in the work he was the guy traveling out there getting you know the very few limited spots that they gave people to come to newman and it had to be you know it practiced to, to get any time with him they really they they managed this recruitment very professionally right um and it seems like everyone from the the texas and, and kudos to, to many of the reporters who were doing the legwork but but only people who were outside of the bubble and i, and I often wish just in our reporting generally that, that we did this right there's national beat writers in every type of content but there's also local and just about every you know whether it's you know political or or just news or sports or whatever like the local people are gonna probably have their finger on the pulse you should listen to them you should ask them instead of trying to to be first out there to say this is what's gonna happen or have the clickbait tweets about you know what doom that means right like I was I was talking to someone about this. If Texas doesn't get Arch, if he decides whatever yesterday or you know sometime this past week that he's going to Georgia and announces that, like just the 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 vitriol that would have been spewed from rival or wannabe rival Twitter accounts and fans and everything um, would have been off the charts. That same level was still there, but they all latched onto this national kind of story of oh well you were just gonna tw- transfer now anyway so it's a net loss like he's he's overrated his competition wasn't very good like Peyton played there his competition was was good enough I guess um but you know like uh <laughs> that like everyone has to latch onto something because it it has been interesting to see people who aren't Texas rivals and are neutrals and have no Texas affiliation and kind of their take on it is like wow. UT got got uh Manning after y'all had such a bad year that's that's crazy didn't didn't see that coming or that's that's a big deal tides are changing so the neutral perspective seems to be like wow this is Big deal for Texas. The Texas perspective is like, yeah, obviously this is the biggest deal in the history of the world. Um, and, and then the rival perspective, and it seems like national writers are really feeding for the sake of clicks into that kind of Texas rival, which you know that counts like 15 different fan bases. So it's not a bad thing just to try to tol- troll Texas for the clicks. But is that like somehow this is a bad thing for Texas to get the, the number one player, the the you know best quarterback, literally in in the country without here uh in in consecutive uh, classes basically um i don't know I, gerald i don't get that one
0: and and again if you've had your finger anywhere close to the pulse you've known that like cooper has basically said like arch is going to redshirt like that's not a that's not the school telling the family that's the family telling the school which is again very old school it's been a very old school recruitment it wasn't a big flash and fancy there wasn't a hat ceremony uh Peyton actually took the opportunity to uh, throw shade on hat ceremonies when they talked to him about it uh, at the passing Academy. But like, this is just, this has just been the most atypical recruitment that we've ever seen. And it's going to continue to be that again, there are three perfectly rated quarterbacks in the two, four, seven era since they've been rating folks. And uh, well, all three of them have ended up at the university of Texas, Vince young. We know what he did. Quinn Ewers jury is still out. And now, in what is essentially consecutive years, we'll go ahead and say it, uh, Arch Manning is in the boat. But there's a there's a conversation and, and I think there are really smart people saying it that like how much of this is how much of the rating is him as a quarterback and how much of the rating is the impact that he can have on your recruiting class, right? And there there's um And there's some credence to that. And you know what? I don't care which one it is because as of, again, 8-13 on Monday morning, Texas got a four-star linebacker out of Hawaii. First time uh, in the history of the state of Hawaii existing and the University of Texas having football has that ever happened. Leona Leifau, four-star linebacker out of Hawaii. Texas got five recruits in a day on Sunday, including Basically, the entire offensive line class uh, four star Jaden Ch- Chapman from Harker Heights, three star Connor Stroh, Aggie Legacy, uh, three star tackle, uh, tweener potentially, uh, flipped from TCU, three star tackle, uh, Trevor Gooseby. His dad followed us on Twitter like three hours before it happened, so I knew that was going to come. Uh, and then three star tackle, Andre Kojo from uh, Timberview, who was thought to be heading elsewhere, but and they also, oh, don't forget four-star wide receiver Jonah Wilson from Decaney. Like, that happened all in a day. And this was all Arch committed, and they brought in a big class of priority targets and landed five oh eight six because they landed a five-star safety out of Louisiana, Derek Williams as well. So the the momentum, that to, even if Arch Manning doesn't pan out to be Arch Manning, the amount of talent that's coming in with him is worth the take.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's we, we talk about the, the the high holidays of of Texas in the modern recruiting era, right? Mary Malik Smith was an incredible day on social media. Uh, Happy Bajanica um, was was phenomenal. Um, a joyous Quinza, um, both times, I guess. When we got uh, Quinn, that was a, a two parter. Um, and now, you know, the Arch Madness, right? These these are these are pretty like line in the sand days. But I don't know that the momentum singularly from any of those commits, even Bijan necessarily moved the needle like it did because Quinn came and then left to go to Ohio state and came back. It's had a little bit of a different or nonlinear impact, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's four, you know, giant guys. It's two-thirds of a ton of offensive linemen committed on Sunday. Um, that's that's science. I think it's 64% uh, of a ton, but I'll round up. Um, a really good <laughs> receiver, a, a you know, linebacker, a priority commit at a at a super priority position. Um, a safety out of the boot, because and he said he and Arch, you know, have just been texting, and it's like, why not get these two amazing players out of the state of Louisiana? Like, let's go do that. Um, but there's also there's more like that. We know for a fact that there's other guys who are heating up. There's other guys who are, um, you know, wanting to jump on on board. We're, we're, you know, T minus three days from this. There's going to be a lot in the coming weeks, coming months. You know, there's a lot that it moves Texas into a position that they maybe weren't in. Now they go out and do something on the field and it tips the needle. Like this really is the tip of the spear, I think, for a class that was, you know, barely in the top 25. All of a sudden is squarely in the top five um, immediately, basically with the. the momentum that was created in in a weekend's uh plus or minus a couple days on each side time
0: the momentum is real the arch momentum is real the arch madness is a real thing for texas and this is like you said it's going to continue there's likely going to be a couple of more we're still waiting on what seems to be like south oak cliff defensive end billy walton who's probably going to commit to texas uh he just decommitted from oklahoma state Ten minutes ago from the time of recording, uh, and so I've put out the little flip tweet uh, that we always do anytime that somebody is on Flip Watch. So uh, we'll see that we'll probably be able to shout it out as the uh, as the show closes, but we're still waiting on that to come in. We still don't know uh, when that will happen. But again, there's going to be more. Jonte Cook <laughs> went and got tattoos with his with uh, Trey Weisner, his teammate, and his future quarterback Quinn Ewers. Like that, those are things that are happening. So. We'll keep an eye on recruiting. Roach is on vacation and Hudson was traveling today, so we'll try to get somebody on here in the next couple of weeks to talk about recruiting. But as it stands right now, Texas has all the momentum in the world and the ball is going to continue to roll downhill. So now's the part of the show where we talk about everybody leaving the baseball program and we down (laughs) the 40. So we'll start with uh, some of the positives in the baseball. Uh, Texas finished the season – ranked eighth in the final poll so not super far from their uh former number one ranking that they started the year with one to eight feels like a like based on where we were six eight weeks ago finishing number eight in the country feels like a monumental win in my book
1: yeah i mean if, if it started as the number five and they ended up you know at 13 like do people see it as a bad season you know like at some reason one to to any other thing always feels bad but a top 10 finish it, they made the college world series yeah it was tough you know you never want uh oh two and barbecue right like you don't want to go home um without a win um but you know it, it was a top 10 team and we're, we're going to talk about uh one that will look markedly different next season um but before we talk about that Gerald, i think we need to talk about the sing not the single the the brightest part of what was a great season and we've talked about it at length but we have to talk about just ivan melendez closing out like just the the guy is spending more time uh at, at, at award shows than chris rock's bodyguard like this uh this Mel- <laughs> thanks that was pretty good uh melendez <laughs> this came to me melendez is uh is you know he's he's on fire right now and uh he has more awards to to show for what was an unbelievable always all-time memorable season
0: there have been few players that have swept all eight, all what is it, seven or eight of the player of the year awards, D1 baseball, golden spikes, like all of those things. Um, and I think the last player in Texas like in school history that swept them all uh, in their respective sport was Kevin Durant. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kevin Durant was the last one to sweep it. And so it's been a minute and those types of players are the players that get their numbers retired. And so we'll see the number retirement probably sooner rather than later. uh, Melendez will likely hear his name called in the MLB draft relatively early in the process. And so, um, He's long. He's not long for the world, at least on the 40 acres. But he'll obviously be back next year to uh, be at a ceremony in which nobody will wear. His number ever again.
1: Yeah, I hope it's next year. I hope it's soon. Whatever it is, like I said, for, just just it's washed over a little bit because you know Brooks uh, Kieschnick was a two-time Hauser Trophy winner. I believe he's the only player in college baseball history to ever win that award twice. But for whatever reason, never won the Golden Spikes. So we do not have a Golden Spikes winner, and we have again National Player of the Year awards. But this was our first ever Golden Spikes winner. So now the Golden Spikes can get rid of their burn orange bias. Um, and just start awarding it to a Texas player about every four to, to eight years, uh, or sooner, right? But uh, um, really, really proud of Melendez, and uh, you know, he, you're right, will be, will be uh, moving on to Greener Pastures. Gerald, is anyone else related to the Texas baseball team? Moving to to other locations.
0: Well, it depends on the number depends on if you want to include coaches in the conversation or not. Uh, you know, Sean Allen was let go what like a week ago week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then volunteer coach Troy Tulowitzki is leaving the team. He spent the last few years as a volunteer coach and was instrumental to a lot of what Texas did. Uh, he was considered the top candidate for the USC head coaching job. Uh, but he's decided to uh take a step step away. Don't know where he's headed. Don't know what doing. I know, like the lack of a college degree is, go- is is a weird thing for him in the coaching world. So I don't know what that looks like for him. Uh, but Tulo was a was a big part of Texas's success from the plate and on the base paths over the last uh, couple of years. And so it's not it's it's going to be another t- like Texas's turning over the entire coaching staff. And it would have been nice to have a guy like Tulo there to help.
1: Yeah, Sean Allen, last year's assistant of the year, I think Tulo could have been, if Texas had a really, really good finish, the way that their hitting went, I think he could have likely been in that conversation this year for, even though he's a vol- volunteer coach. Um, I don't think they, actually, I don't think you can get awarded as a volunteer coach. So that's why he wasn't in the conversation, but truly was one of the best assistant coaches in the country. Hence why USC and other teams uh, were looking for him. I don't think it's, it's done, whether it's an MLB job, whether it's another college, College job. I think his career is just starting and he's only, you know, going up from here. I think before this season, even Kendall Rogers uh, from D1 Baseball was saying that Tulewitzki is probably about a year to two years away from a, a relatively big um, D1 head coaching job. And that may have been accelerated just by, you know, how the team hit and performed this year. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know what's happening there. We'll be keeping a close eye on it, but it's going to be everything. Brand new, uh, standing next to coach Pierce in the, in the coaching, uh, dugout.
0: Speaking of everything brand new, Texas also, as it stands right now has what eight players in the transfer portal, uh, Seven of those are on the pitching staff, including uh, Aaron Nixon, who has decided to uh, take his uh, talents elsewhere. And he feels like a guy who, uh, a change of scenery, could do him well. But uh, first baseman Gavin Cash, and then the rest of pitchers Joshua Stewart, Justin Eckard, uh, Cameron Dayton, Cade Noah, Jace Hutchins, and Carson McKinney. Uh, not a lot of names that you, you saw a lot from this year, but... Texas is going to have to hit the portal pretty hard, hopefully, to be able to field the team next year is what it seems like at this point.
1: Yeah, out of that seven, there's there's kind of uh, probably, f- or eight, I guess, there's there's four that, you know, were in some level contributors this year. Obviously, Aaron Nixon um, was the guy, and and, you know, he's such a sad one to see go. He verbally committed to Texas at 14 years old. He's wanted to play for Texas his whole life. He had such a Cinderella freshman season. To then see the kind of just regression this year some of the control issues some of the kind of between the ears stuff um don't forget how good he was as a freshman nine saves four wins 35 strikeouts and 34 innings coming up big in a college world series run kind of established himself late in the season as a uh, guy pierce can trust a go-to guy and then you know having it Step back is tough. Um, Justin Eckert was a you know going to go in as a grad transfer into the portal, so he is graduating from the University of Texas. He started nine games of the past two seasons, had some some plus stuff that the coaches liked and, and scouts liked, uh, but just seemed to struggle getting people out 67 ERA last season uh and then it ballooned up to 8.17 this season his also batting average went from 2 to 297 uh, allowed to hitters so tough year for him greener past- pastures we'll see where he ends up Josh Stewart really interesting huge recruit top 150 prospect nationally MLB upside without a doubt can can touch you know the high ni- or mid 90s with his fastball has a lot of good stuff, but struggle with his command. Wasn't able to really lock down a role. 4.63 ERA this year, walked a lot of bat, uh, batters. He's an Aggie legacy. Aggie guy came to Texas kind of against the family grain. Um, after his pitching coach and his rough freshman year, um, we went in the portal immediately, uh, committing to A&M. So we'll, we'll see him uh, in the future if he gets it worked out. He's going to be a dangerous weapon, but I think there's whoever is going to be working with him on the Aggie staff has a lot to to do to kind of mold that into a, you know the type of pitcher that his upside says. Give me then Gavin Cash. is a guy who a lot of people just had penned in as the Ivan Melendez replacement who could have a couple years at first base, getting better every year. He was the top first baseman in Texas in the 21 class um top 250 national prospect he didn't make the 27 man postseason roster but he was one of our first kind of pinch hitters um or else he he probably would have played a little bit even in the postseason. 23 at bats in 16 games this season i think just big time recruits sometimes like to you know, play right away. It's tough. You're never gonna gonna displace Ivan Melendez. So I, you know, I understand maybe where the frustration comes from. But it'll be curious where uh, exactly he ends up. But uh, big time upside on Cash. He he didn't get a chance to really show it. Uh, didn't really you know in his his few at bats uh, shine the way that some people kind of. Thought and, and hope but um probably will have a good career ahead of him because just the talent is for sure there
0: out of all of that list cash is the one that i think hurts the most at least from my perspective because again texas is going to need to replace melendez uh on that on first base but also uh, i think cash could uh, potentially have it's impossible to replicate the power of, of ivan melendez but i think he could be a guy um who could who could fill a spot in the lineup and, and be um you know, an everyday kind of performer for Texas. And so uh, there's going to be a lot of new faces on the diamond uh, on the 40 acres next year. But again, we'll see how it shapes up. We'll see how uh, Coach Pierce can piece this thing back together and get Texas back on. And speaking of new faces on the diamond, Texas had uh, not one but two players transfer out of the softball team as well. Uh, Shea O'Leary announced that she is going to be transferring to UT Tyler to finish her nursing degree and play softball there. And then JJ Smith uh, has one year of eligibility left as well. and She's going to drive down I-35 and play for Texas State. Not as much attrition on the, the softball squad, uh, but still some things to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I saw some numbers, just some crazy numbers and they're going up. I think there's still a few more days to enter the portal, but um, like, thousands of of players on in both sports in the portal right now it's just it is the new normal if you go in off season and have zero people transferring out that's almost more weird um it is tough cuz O'Leary you know was a contributor early in her career especially in JJ Smith you know late she started both games at first base in the uh the college world series so um you know wish both of them uh, luck i think both coaches Pierce and uh, White will be hitting the portal heavily, and I think you know these are kind of numbers games. So there, some players go out so that more players can come in. Um, I think Texas will be a very sweet destination in both of those sports for um, the right player. So uh, I'll be very curious over the next few weeks to see who's coming in when we know quite a few going out.
0: Yeah, that, that's the thing. When you see all these players, they're like se- a couple to several thousand players that are going in and out of the portal every offseason and basically every sport. And so uh, like football, like football teams are earmarking 25 percent of their new roster spots every year for transfers. And you will probably see something similar in basketball and baseball starting to crop up as well. The transfer portal is the way of the world at this point. Um, and you can't really get around it or get past it. And, and you and I have never been uh, the anti-transfer. For kind of folks and i'll talk more about that in probably uh three to five ish minutes and that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics big bertha and we bang the drum brought to you by joe ruiz so kyle what are you banging the drum on this
1: week i have two because i can't not give a shout out to the national champion texas quidditch team one of the most dominant programs on campus they are always there or thereabouts competing for national championships. Uh, in the Quidditch, um, snitches get stitches when they have to go up uh, against UT. Um, that's a that's a very good layered um, pun uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan. But um, several layers. There. It's right. That's right. Um, but uh, kudos to them. But I I I I, I do not want to um, skip giving some some shine to um, a really cool story that came out. Uh, This week, I think uh, Sunday, um, U.S. Rowing is going to rename the Female Athlete of the Year Award in honor of Carrie Graves. If you're not familiar with Carrie Graves, she uh, launched the UT uh, rowing program um, and then was the head coach for 16 years. Now, there's a lot of um, shine on on Coach Dave O'Neill because he's basically – taken them to the promised land as, as a national champion program, pole to pole number one team, right? They, they have reached heights unforeseen, but, but I think you can't talk about Texas rowing and a, and a lot of folks way more uh, into it than me would say even rowing in general or, or um, women's rowing specifically without talking about Carrie Graves. She's been um, nominated in multiple rowing hall of fames. Um, I mean, basically some of the quotes just about, um, what she did for female rowing she was on the uh i believe it was the um world championships in 75 that uh u.s got silver but it was such a like well contested race that it, it effectively launched like a male dominated sport launched the the female version that all of a sudden became popular um she was on multiple olympic teams uh 76 80 and 84 80 of course boycotted those olympics um but won a bronze and a gold um like eight-time national team just she was she was a legend in the boat and then you know an incredible coach and a a person who just really was a uh, a champion and a lion for uh women's rowing so now again the the female uh, athlete of the year given by the u.s rowing association every year will be given to uh someone with some deep burnt orange longhorn ties um so just wanted to say congratulations to coach uh graves and again texas rowing is um texas while it's a southern ivy a public ivy we now also row uh like the ivies and have a proper uh pedigree and again all thanks to uh graves and and the uh, second coach in in longhorn rowing history coach o'neill
0: it's a a well-deserved uh, award and you can see her legacy playing out right now. Like the standard of excellence that Texas has in rowing started with her, and so it's a very much, uh, very much a continuation of her legacy and very much a continuation on what on what she did at the University of Texas. And we're glad that she's getting her flowers. I'm banging the drum this week on entitlement and Kyle. Something that you see a lot, especially you know after the season happens, um, players hit the transfer portal and you and i are always like do what's best for yourself fans do what's uh, players do what's best in the best interest of your career you've only got a short shelf life to play your sports and so do what's going to let you kind of end your career on your terms you finally got the ability and the cachet to do that and every time Someone decides the portal. There's one to 70,000 fans that says something along the lines of calls them a quitter or says that they don't want to do the hard work or all of that. These entitled kids don't want to work for anything. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. And, and if this is offends you, I apologize, but you've been around this show long enough, hopefully um, that you should know what's coming next. Entitled fans are far more damaging to the game than players transferring. The sense of ownership you have over somebody else's body and their production and their craft uh, is unhealthy and it's undeserved. The simple fact that you are willing to... um, feel slighted by somebody who has never talked to you will never talk to you you will never meet you are cheering for laundry my dude like whoever is wearing that jersey next year you'll be cheering for them too like you're you're you are not entitled to a player's service you're not entitled to anything of somebody else's career that is their career it is their life it's their livelihood they have one athletic career They have one opportunity to play this sport, and at some point, anybody who's ever played sports has hung them up and never put the uniform back on again, and they will feel nostalgic for that for the rest of their lives. I have moments every week where I get nostalgic for Wednesday night four hour practices in the South Texas sun. Like there are those days where I get nostalgic for running out of the tunnel or running out of the locker room at Samuel Clemens high school. And, and that's why you and I will never fault these kids for doing what's best for them because we've never el- competed at this elite level, but we know what it's like to be done with your playing career and to miss those moments. And those are some of the biggest highlights of your life. And so for me, And for anybody who's listening to this, I'm just going to say this, like, they owe you nothing. Like, it is their career. It is their life. It is their livelihood. Let them do what they want. Because when push comes to shove, how many of you are on LinkedIn today on the clock trying to find a new job? Like, let's not hold them to a different (laughs) standard than we hold ourselves to. And is the transfer portal a net positive or a net negative for the sport? I don't know. There are hundreds, if not thousands of kids that enter the portal that either pull their name out or never end up anywhere else again. But you know what? It's their choice and it's their career and they can do what they want.
1: Every Trey Watson, every Calvin Anderson, every Mike Antico, uh, every Sky Messenger, every uh, Courtney Ramey left a fan base behind, right? Every uh, head coach who came in from somewhere else, Charlie Strong, Chief Gurgis, and whoever, uh, Vic Schaefer, left a fan base behind. E- every person who shows up at the University of Texas uh, who didn't commit immediately from high school, who we cheer for, voraciously. And if you are not a hypocrite and you, you, you go after these people when they choose to transfer, then you can never cheer for someone who transferred in because... They left somewhere else. Um, it, it is a part of the game. We have to understand it. And, and again, I would encourage everyone for your mental health, take the approach Gerald and I do. Just cheer for the players who are on Texas. Someone leaves Texas and does great, good for them. You could do like Aggies if you really want to and claim their achievements as your own. Kyler Murray, Texas A&M Heisman winner. Uh, <laughs> we, we know some Aggies uh, who do that. But yeah, I mean, just 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 enjoy. The product that we have, the Texas players that we put out in each sport that just won the best athletic program in the country, right? Like, we're doing all right. We're, we'll be okay. And that's all we've got for you today. Kyle,
0: where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ArchManningFacts. You can also, fo- I'm kidding, you can follow me at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer.
0: You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at LonghornPod. Facebook and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. No news about any more commitments as we finish wrapping this up, but we'll obviously be back with you uh, later in the week and the next weekend. So until next time, hook 'em.
1: Hook 'em. It's Arch Madness, baby.